Good evening, good evening, good evening. I'm glad everybody could join us. Facebook, YouTube, Periscope. Um, tonight, tonight we're gonna have a very interesting show, God willing. Uh, tonight's show we're gonna review the movie The Five Bloods, Spike Lee's movie on Netflix, and um, and then we're gonna discuss some other pressing issues that's going on and about through social media and in the news. So anybody have any comments, suggestions? And actually, the phone lines will be open <laughs> as well. So if you want to call in, uh, the number's on the bottom of the screen. And if you have any uh, statements or comments in regard to uh, what we're going to discuss, you're more than welcome to come in and comment. What's up, Keita? Hey. <laughs> She getting comfortable and um you know Welcome this is like one house, of the, this is like one of the, the uh, I think it's like the second or third day longest longest day of the year, so she got that uh sunlight coming through the background. I'm trying and we both decided to wear blue today, which is interesting on okay. a Wednesday. But um anyway, I'm business my earrings hand. because I feel like I look like a boy, so I want to put on earrings that's <laughs> A little bit longer, and I'm not looking like um um I'm not looking like a boy. So I'm just changing my earrings. For anybody watching on Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope, remember um always to like the video, and comment, and this is how you trigger the algorithm. Definitely on YouTube. Definitely on YouTube to like it and subscribe to the channel as well as comment. Keisha will be joining us uh shortly. Um, so we could discuss some other issues, but we're going to discuss the movie, The Five Bloods, a Spike Lee joint. Shakita has it. suggested it uh, three weeks before it came out that um, from the previews in the trailer, it looked like the movie was going to be good, and uh, me and Shakita are going to give us give our thoughts on the movie. Go ahead, Keita. So. If you haven't seen it, um, The Five uh, Bloods was about five um, black men whose journey through the Vietnam War, um, their connection, their brotherhood, per se, um, through Vietnam War. Um, and they called each other Bloods. Um, their mentor and leader and the one they looked up to the most uh, was played by uh, Chadwick, the one from... Chadwick Boseman. Yes, from uh, Black Panther. <laughs> yes, from Black Panther. He was uh, their leader and their mentor, you know, and he led the group through war. So in the midst of this war, um, they find a, um, a, a case full of gold bars that were from the US, I believe, that was like a payment to Vietnam, I guess, I don't know. Um, it was some kind of a payment or something, but it got lost on its way to where it was going. They found it, they decided to bury it and come back at a later date to come and get this gold. So here are these older mature men coming to get this gold and reclaim it and bring it back to the US with them. So that's pretty much what the movie was about. Um, it goes into the death of the death 
of their leader and mentor that they all mourned him, you know, basically for the last 30, what, how long ago was that? What, 30, 40 years they've been 30, mourning? 40 years, yes. They mourned his death because, you know, again, he was their leader and mentor and really close friend. Um, and the movie was fantastic. Um, I know I was speaking to one of my girlfriends and she was like, you know, this was um, classic Spike Lee. Like, you know, he deserves all accolades for this movie. It was so amazing. Um, the cinema, the music, all of the music was um, um, Marvin Gaye, which is my absolute favorite. So he he played um, quite a few. He played a few Marvin Gaye songs. Um, he also played. Um, an acapella of um, Marvin Gaye, I think um, What's Going On, I think at the mm -hmm. end he played. Um, but that was pretty much the soundtrack was these beautiful Marvin Gaye tunes. Um, and it was like the best Marvin Gaye songs, you know, that, that were being played. So um, I can't I don't know what to say. I, I guess like I, some there are parts of me like I I did I couldn't relate to the movie, but I was definitely overcome with emotion um, seeing all of these men go through so much and have to deal with um, mental illness. They dealt with um, they touched a little bit on like drug abuse, alcoholism, um, the relationships between their children. Um, you know the um, their 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 lives currently. Um, there were so many different things that they touched on and, um, they were all really pretty much there very, being very, very supportive. Um, one of the characters brought his son along who his son loved him unconditionally. Clearly, as you could see, um, the son loved him unconditionally. He loved his son too, but he was dealing with, um, I would say, um, he was literally mourning the death of his friend. And um, if you haven't seen it, just turn it off now because I'm about to spoil it. So he's mourning the death of his friend because he was actually responsible for the death of his friend. And it, and I think he had a difficult time loving his son because he felt like maybe, I don't know, like maybe he didn't want to hurt him or I, I don't know. It was really weird. Like this is the part where I guess I, I, I couldn't relate, but I felt bad. You know what I mean? Like as a mom and just as a woman to watch him go through so much and know that he's dealt with so much, you know, um, like he said, he had to deal with nightmares. He had to deal with the death of his own um, wife. Um, he dealt with the death of his wife and he just had a difficult time um, being a present father to his son because of the stress and the horrors that he had experienced going to war. Um, and the friends as well, they all had their own, you know, issues with war and, and whatnot. And they definitely, um, did you want to say something before I keep going on? I don't want to just keep rambling. Uh, no, I just, I'll wait. Just, okay. we'll, we'll, and, um, we'll collaborate. We'll, you know, we'll start talking about the show and get into some depths. I took you know, some notes, they, so. Okay. You know, and then I'll then refresh your memory on certain things. Thank you. Cause you know, I watched it twice. I watched it the other day again and it was, it was even, it was even better um, than the first time. Um, I, I caught on a few things that I didn't see before, but I mean, with all of the seriousness, the movie itself had a great storyline, you know, like I assumed that it was going to be just a regular war movie and it was just going to be regular war stuff. I was 
pleasantly surprised that it has such a great storyline going back to get the treasure, um, the different things they had to go through to get it, um, being set up, being uh, the deaths of some of the friends on the way. All of those things were just, it was such a really, really good story. I really, really enjoyed it. Well, um, you know, when Shakita decided that uh, we were going to do this review prior to us watching the movie, I said, okay, let me, let me watch it. Um, um, Spike had disappointed me with Chirac. Um, I was I was very disappointed with Chirac because to me it wasn't what Spike. Sometimes Spike has more to offer than what Chirac gave us. Mm. Um, far, far as the Five Bloods, I just say this: Spike Lee was teaching. Mm. Spike mm-hmm. Lee was Spike Lee was wanting to his bag. From do the right thing in this movie, um, mm. it's up there with one of his greatest greatest movies. Basically, during the time, and if you know, um, one thing Shakita said is that the soundtrack was excellent because it was Marvin Gaye, and if you, he set the tone in the beginning of the movie with Muhammad Ali being against the war, and then Marvin Gaye coming in. Mm-hmm. So he got you, even if. Most of us didn't experience living in the 60s. He got you in that mind frame of what it was to be black during this time. Um, so in my my personal opinion, Spike got five stars with this movie. This yeah. is something that, you know, it touches on a lot of issues. Um, it touched on uh, one issue that it touched on was brotherhood. Um, if you ever been around some of the older guys that fought in Vietnam. I only know two people in my lifetime that was around Vietnam that I was able to hold conversations with. And um, one of the parts in the movie, when the young Vietnamese boy came in with the one leg and the actor Del Rolindro, who was Paul, he kind of got shook. And I actually witnessed that with a guy before that when he saw a Vietnamese person, he kind of got shook because he he remembers and he explained to me, he said, in those jungles, it was kids strapped with bombs. It was kids mm-hmm. trying to kill kill people. So I I just think that that was just an excellent, excellent movie. Um, one of the things he touched on, Spike touched on also was um, how the brother had a family over there. And this was common where a lot of the uh, the GIs would have relations with the Vietnamese women. And they some of them didn't come back or wouldn't come back to America mm-hmm. because they felt as though they had, they had already established their families over there. So they refused oh. to even come back. <laughs> I mean, and, or Spike, they were hated so much here. They was like, why go home? Spike gave us so much in this movie. It's one scene where they was leaving, coming through uh, Saigon, and um, one of the guys, one of the guys, I can't remember his name offhand. He mentioned Milton Olive, and I looked up Milton Olive. Milton Olive was the first African American to be honored with the Medal of Honor for Vietnam. Hmm. So Spike gives us. Spike takes you on a journey. Um, of, of teaching and giving you some history with with 
the uh, the movie. I just took, like I said, I took some notes. It was 21 black soldiers uh, who were given the Medal of Honor during Vietnam. James Anderson Jr., who basically they said Storm and Norman's character was loosely, loosely about him. He became Ooh. the first African-American Marine to be awarded the Medal of Honor during Vietnam. So Spike just awesome movie. Teach he, you know, it had his, you know, funny points because the goal was the goal was actually like the funny part of the movie. The backdrop with the um, like you said, Shakita, the, the uh the real S of the movie was was uh Paul, who was played by Daryl Lindro, who did an excellent job. He was dealing with the guilt of knowing he shot his best friend, his mentor. Their teacher, and they specifically said their leader, and mm -hmm. he was he was dealing with that guilt for all these years, and he never told nobody until he had wrote that letter to his son, in case he didn't come back. Right. So it's and a the, very very good movie. And the mental illness of war, you know, dealing with all of that, seeing all of that, being there day and night, walking, like I, I, you know, all of that in itself is just a nightmare. And then to accidentally kill your friend. And then to come home and have your wife die too. He was just dealing with a lot, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. I got a I got a quote that Paul said that that really like made me hit that hit that rewind button a couple of times. And he said, he said before he died, because the, the Vietnamese guys had him mm -hmm. had him in the, his uh, own grave. Yeah, they had him, they had him digging his own grave. And Paul said something. They, Paul asked him, but they asked Paul about the gold. And he said, I don't know. It's in heavens with Norman. He pointed up at the sky. So the guy asked him about the GIs. He said, we bloods. We got a bond. He said, we fought in an immoral war that wasn't ours for rights that we didn't have. Them, my brothers. Mm -hmm. And I just, to me, that, that what he was saying kind of hit home because when you think about all the way back to the 54th Regiment that fought during the Civil War up until this day, so many black men have died at the hands of what we would consider the enemy, but come home and don't have the same rights that everybody else have because of the color of their skin. Right. And it's and it's really sad that this has happened. That, you know, <laughs> I remember one story they said that during the um World War II, the day would the black soldiers would have to sit in back of the white prisoners of war mm. in in Germany. So, you know, this is something that we need to really be be mindful of. That even though it was just a movie, like I said, Spike took people to class with this, and it it's ironic that Spike would have Chadwick Boseman play the hero. You know, those guys is Howard alum, so you know he keeping mm. that tradition alive. What's right. up, Keisha? She got us on mute. What's up, Keisha? Yeah, hi. How are you guys? Good. <laughs> and did you see how they were saying how they wanted to cast Denzel Washington? Um, they wanted to cast Denzel Washington, um, the other guy from Do the Right Thing, the guy who wears the the guy who the one with the curly hair, he wore the glasses. The loud one, he was in, um, I can't think of his name. 
The uh, Spanish. He half Spanish. Oh, no, you talking? Yeah. You talking about? You talking about Brother Esposito? Yes, yeah. they wanted to cast him. John, they had Gian, a whole Gian, Gian, Gina Carlo Esposito. Mm-hmm. Yes, they had a list of people they wanted to cast for this movie, but they didn't. They weren't available. So this is the route he went, and I was like, I can only imagine. Like, if it was really good watching them play this part, I can only imagine how good it was going to be. And they were going to use Denzel's son as the son in this movie. So I was like, you know, I really, I can only imagine how good it was going to be with all of them. But with they, with what they had, it was fantastic. And Del, Del, what is, how do you say his name? Delrolindo. Say it again. Delroy. Okay. I was adding an accent and everything. It was going to sound real fancy. He, <laughs> he, um, they're speaking of like, you know, he deserves an Oscar for his portrayal of Paul. He was so, so good. I liked it. I really did. I enjoyed it. I mean, he, uh, you know, it's funny because he, 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 you know, going back to my, uh, my, he, my father favored Delro Lindro in a way. He wasn't Jamaican, but he favored him a little, a little way. He had the same type of stature and facial structure. But Delro Lindro, like, they all killed it. I mean, the mm -hmm. casting for this movie was perfect. And I know, like you said, Shakita, he had wanted some other actors there. But it's like certain characters played who they kind of like are. Um, right. And I know Chadwick Boseman. He probably felt honored to be in a movie with these guys because these I'm are like sure. seasonal actors that never really get the credit that they're supposed to get. Um, right, right. I right. mean, I would I would strongly suggest anybody that didn't see the movie. It's a very good movie. It's just yeah. one of Spike's best jobs. The je the young the young gentleman who played um, Paul uh, Paul's uh, son. I thought he was fantastic too. Even though I'd never seen him before, I'd never seen him in anything. He did such a great job. He really, really did. Yeah, they all had they all had good, very command of the screen. I mean, Spike. Um, one thing, one thing that I did like about um, the movie also was the um, the Vietnamese lady that was doing the GI announcements. Ah, uh, yeah. And and, yeah. and and I heard that this was really like truly going on. And it's amazing how, like, they were. It's just amazing how they were fighting a war that basically, to this day, most people say that it was a war for nothing. Mm -hmm. Nobody won the war, and hundreds of thousands of people died, and more black Children, people, women. more black people was in, more black people was fighting this war. We had, I think, it was thirty-three percent of the people fighting. Were African American, and we were only like eleven percent of the population at that time in the country. Right. She had even mentioned that she was. She had gave the figures or whatever she said, and she was like, "But there, people back at home, meaning our home, back at home, are fighting a war for their livelihood, for rights, for civil rights. You're needed home. You're you need to fight for your people. But you're here, dying and fighting for a cause." That once you go back home, it's gonna mean nothing. You're not even gonna be respected. They're still gonna, you know, treat you less than a man. And it, you know, it really made it, it really, really, really like, you know, made you sad and made make you made you think. Like, you know, here we are, 2020. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, the and same exact people, thing. You our know. own people are looking us in the face saying, Don't tear it where you live. 
they're more concerned about buildings and businesses that they don't own when you're you know trying that, to find life. And, and that's the funny thing about um what's going on in the world today. Everything is coming at its like perfect time. Like you cannot tell me that Netflix had this movie like ready and it just hit tone. And as in Spike fashion, he always gives you reminders of the people that came before us. And um, one thing I do like about Spike, and one thing that um, can always be taken away, can't can always give him credit is you will never know who Spike Lee don't like because he doesn't use his stage to uh, to really critique nobody. Um, and you know it's, it's crazy. And I always think about when I see Fred Hampton. On any TV, I always think like, yo, this guy was 25 years old when he got slaughtered by them pigs. Mm -hmm. Like, like 25 years old. To have so much passion and so much um, so much fight in him at such a young age for his people and, and be able to articulate himself and, and be bold enough and, and be courageous to fight for his people at 25. And they were so afraid of what this 25 year old man could do that, and who he could inspire that they murdered and killed him. And you got old grown people, old grown men <laughs> who afraid to just talk in public. Just afraid to talk in public about anything. Well, well no, they want to, you know, not with, with, all due, with all due respect to my beautiful co hosts, they want to sit at home up under the pie. They don't want to go out there and fight and do nothing. They don't even want to do that. Let them say they they let them the hang out with their boys, John. Please. You lucky hey, outside not opened up. Hey, Keisha. If outside was opened up, mm. it would be a wrap. We, 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 um, you sure your phone got enough juice for this? I don't know. The, 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 second part of this show, the second part of this show might be real interesting. If outside was opened up, we it would be a wrap. So, you know, so, they can't so, wait. So, Keita, what you you giving Spike five stars? Uh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right, you know, um, we don't, we don't. We had wanted a couple other people to join us if they wanted to join us to talk about the movie. I, I don't want people to feel like um, because you're online, you, you know, we're just having a conversation. It's just act, just actually, if you're invited to come on the show, just act like we're just having a video conference and it's just being taped. I mean. It's not that serious. It's nothing to be shy about. I mean, uh, you know, you might look at it back at it a year from now and be like, oh, I thought that then. Woo, I'm glad I matured. So we're friendly. So, Whatever. We we <laughs> Yeah, uh Hassan, Hassan, we definitely understand about the uh the PTSD and they showed them they, they showed how they were spraying the agent orange in the jungles. And the deployment disparities, you know, we we discussed that. Um, so, uh, Shakita, is that a wrap for the? Uh, the I think that bloods? is a wrap. I think that is a wrap for the five bloods. It's a wrap, definitely a must see, and um, it hits so many points. I will say this: I'm, I love Spike Lee, right? I really do, but he's not my favorite director. And there are Spike Lee movies that I have never watched twice. 
right? I've never watched them twice. Um, because once I've seen it, I've gotten what I've needed from it. That it almost like, and I do that sometimes. If I've watched something once and it was that impactful, I don't need to keep watching it because it does something to me internally, whether it's, um, you know, mental, whatever it is, it just kind of causes some type of level of anxiety or something. And I just kind of never see, need to see some of those movies again. But this one, I absolutely loved. And it was long and I wanted to, and I watched it again. I couldn't wait to watch it again. Brad, Brad, so, Brad, Brad and Hassan, man, man, y'all on YouTube, make sure y'all hit that like button and comment in the live chat in the comments because this is how the, we set off the algorithms. YouTube algorithms, like I always try to say, is real tricky. So, uh, you know, you even though I know you, you're Brad and Haas, y'all always is real supportive of the show and the content. I really appreciate you guys. But just make sure that you hit the like button. And, um, you know, we, we definitely appreciate you guys' support. Now, uh, Shakita, mm-hmm. we have some other pressing news and current events. Cuban Pete's. Yeah, I really wanted to talk about that. <laughs> Cuban Pete. For those that don't know, Cuban Pete's is a uh, nice sitting restaurant order you can order out in Montclair, New Jersey. Well, um, Shakita, you could set the tone with Cuban Pete's and um, you know what happened with the situation. I'll try to do my best. Um, you know, Cuban Pete's in Montclair. Um, they have inside and a um a large outdoor area. Um, and they sell Cuban food. They do not have a liquor license, but you can BYOB. And, um, you know, most people enjoy it all year round. In the wintertime, the place is packed. Like, there's nowhere to stand because people are trying to stand inside because it's so cold. Um, The summertime, packed. That place stays packed all the time. Um, and I noticed that I kept seeing these posts on um, my timeline, mostly on, on Facebook. I kept seeing these posts on my timeline that, that told the story about um, something happening at Cuban Pete's that was uh, racist. So as I read the, the post, Um, And I'll try to summarize it as best as I can without actually reading it. But the post pretty much said, a friend of mine repeatedly called Cuban Pete's to question about the menu. And she was hung up on. I don't know how many times she called, but supposedly she called a few times or quite a few times. And he was hanging up on her. And like, you know, basically redirecting her to the menu because he was busy with the takeout orders and saying, you know, everything you need and all the information you need is online. So he was redirecting her back to the online menu, but was supposedly hanging up on her. And um, she mentions it to her friend, this man who made the post, and he decided that he was going to call up to Cuban Pete's and speak to the owner. So I don't know if he was calling back to speak to the owner or if he was just calling back to say, I want to speak to the owner so I could tell the owner what happened. Um, but I do believe, and, and if I'm wrong, you know, you you know, correct me. 
but I believe that he was calling back to speak to the owner because supposedly this was the owner who was hanging up on her. And he decided, I'm going to call the owner and I'm going to go off and I'm going to tell him he had, he can't hang up on my friend and he can't treat her like this. So this is what he said he was doing. But when he called Cuban Peace, Cuban Peace was just like, and <laughs> I redirect, like it, it was, he didn't get what he wanted. So I can't tell, this is the problem. This is the huge, this, I'm not going, I'll get into this at some point, but this is the problem. Who knows what Cuban Pete said back to him? He's only telling him from his perspective. He doesn't get into what Cuban Pete said to him until he decides that he mentioned, well, you don't, you won't get these black dollars or you just wait until, or wait until my friends get a load of this and we take our black dollars somewhere else. Something of the sort of threatening him with black dollars. And um, Cuban Peace basically was like, so he said, this is when he actually told us what Cuban Peace said. Cuban Peace said, I don't need your black lives matter money. And that's when he decided he was going to write the post. He said that he had um, experienced, had, had uh, experienced um, prejudice and racism and that all of us should not eat or patronize Cuban Pete's anymore because Cuban Pete said, and I can't, and I, I can't even say this without being tongue-tied. Cuban Pete said, I don't need your Black Lives Matter money and hung up on him. So that was what he said. I have been... <laughs> Because it keeps coming up on my timeline, and I was out yesterday running some errands with a good friend of mine, um, they were like, I can't figure out who originally made the post. And I said, I saw the original post. Somebody shared the original post. I saw it. I was like, I'll send it to you so you can see. Because I think the I think people were thinking that other people were trying to say that they were the ones who experienced this at Cuban Peace and was using this story saying that this was me. So I was like, okay, I've seen the original post. It's a guy. He was talking about a friend. So my friend was like, all right, okay, cool. I said, I'll send it to you. So, but because of that, it made me click on other posts and look and see and be nosy. Like, let me try to get to the bottom of this because this is weird. Not, not, and, and for no other reason than here is a black man saying he experienced racism at a restaurant that I've been going, my, my children are 21 to 23. I've been going to Cuban Peace with my children since they was probably like 10. And I don't go a couple of times a year. I go all the time. You know, I go maybe once a week at lunch because I work in the area as well. So I'm there all the time. So I was like, hmm, let me look into this because if I need to stop going there, I want to know this. So I go and I'm clicking on things. I finally get to, before I got to his page, I got to a guy's page who basically called this man a liar, who mm -hmm. said that this man is um, from, from um, this man is from Plainfield. He's supposed to be a pastor and that he's a liar. Um, he's a womanizer. Um, he uh, uses religion to get to women. He has pretended to be, he has pretended to be a Q or something like that. I don't, I'm not familiar with fraternity, so I don't want to be disrespectful and say the wrong name or, or, or mess it up. He said he was something. And when he was confronted about this, that he told <clears throat> a guy to suck his, you know what? 
Now, oh, wow. From a man that I know told me this story like a year or two ago. So I heard the story before that when he was confronted about pretending to be um, a man in this sorority. And because I, you know, I, as far as I'm told, like they don't, they don't take lightly to people pretending to be them, to get women, to get Absolutely jobs. Not. Right. So to get women, to yeah, get no. jobs, whatever advantage to pretending to be one of them, they don't take that lightly. And they challenged him. Um, they were ready to fight him. All kinds of, I've heard this story before. So once I saw this guy's post, I said, oh, that it, I said, that's, that's the guy that my friend told me about a, lo a long time ago. So I'm reading all underneath the post. And what I'm finding is that people, some people believe him. And it's not that they believe him. They just kind of feel like with all that's going on, we need to stick together. So if he said that this happened to him, then we need to believe him and just do this. Then you have other people who are saying, I know who he is. Um, and he is a liar. He's a narcissist. He's a womanizer. And he is, you know, out here saying he's a pastor, but everything about him doesn't scream pastor. Right. Okay. And then you have other people who are just like, you had a bad customer service experience. This man, you telling this man that you're going to take all of the black dollars away from him. You shouldn't have brought the black community in your bad customer service experience. You do what you're supposed to do when you have bad customer service experiences. You cancel your order. You go on uh, Yelp or wherever and you buy, write a bad review. I called to place an order. They kept hanging up on me. That's the way you handle mm -hmm. bad customer service. You don't bring in the black community. First, we don't bring in the black community to say we're all going to stop patronizing him because you had a bad experience, customer service experience. And to be quite honest, you did not have a bad customer service experience. This woman told you she had a bad ex customer service experience and you weren't there. She she was on her phone having a conversation and called you or whatever the case may be, but you called him back to fight. So those people also feel like, leave us out of this. Like that was a bad customer service experience. So when you look, when you're listening and having this conversation with different people, because I have been engaging, normally I just kind of don't unless it's within the group. But I've been engaging in different conversations because I knew I was gonna come on here and talk about this. And the, people <laughs> who feel like, and the people who feel like, don't involve us in your bad customer service experience, feel like we have brothers and sisters out here on the front line fighting for injustice, killings, you know, systematic racism, racist statues, we, I mean, literally out here risking their lives and their livelihood for this. You could have, as a, as a adult, you need to learn how to handle things properly. It's almost as if they were like, he, and I've seen some, some words that they, people were using were like tantrum, like he threw a tantrum or he was, um, you know, um, so let me ask you, Keita, or he let me, was, you know. Let me ask you. Mm -hmm. So, in your um, viewpoint of what, knowing everything that you know about the situation, um, a known liar got caught in a lie. That's how it seems. Because here again, here you have three different sides. You know, allegedly. some people just, allegedly you have these people. Nobody knows what happened, and when he. Ooh, 
some somebody on my timeline shared his lives and was tagging me like, "Oh my gosh, Gita, you got to go to 2.8 sec, two minutes, and you got to go here, you got to go." But I listened to the one she tagged me in completely. He never explained the story. Who has an argument with somebody or a, a racist situation happens and you have the opportunity to tell a story properly so that people can understand the situation better? Forget believe you. you, want, you you're looking for empathy and sympathy from your quote unquote people because you've experienced this racist situation. So where is the story so that people can hear it and believe you? Why is so much detail left out? Who would naturally leave out so much detail when you're telling a story about something that happened to you? Mm. Then you see all of these other comments where people are saying, well, I've, I, I believe it. I've had um, a racist situation happen to me. I believe it. He's rude. But when you're asked what was the situation, nobody won't say. Mm. You know, he's rude. And everybody's like, and now this is comments where there's like different posts. There's a lot of comments. And people are saying, nobody's arguing that he's rude or he's not rude. You know, if he's rude, we could all, every, anybody's had a bad experience, please go write a, a, a review, put the date on it or the year. I went there 2019 and in June and leave your review. But we're talking about racism. So we're asking you, what did he say or do that was racist so that we know, oh, I, I don't have to go into that. Sis, why not? I know that. This is why we're. This is why we're protesting because if there was a racist situation or a prejudice, we're shown and told so that we know what to do and how to go about it. How dare you treat people, especially black people, and we go through so fucking much. Excuse me, we go through so much. How dare you tell us that we don't need to know what happened and you should just jump along with us? We are literally all day long, the new. The news, the killings, the people, the pro to have to deal with that on a regular basis and to literally see so much destruction and have so much anxiety and people are depressed. People are dealing with so much mental anguish. And here you come along with your story and we're saying, OK, here's something else we need to add to. Right. Let's my, my man out. Tell me what what happened. Tell me the story. And you have nothing. I don't think I need, he seems like, I don't think I need to have, I, don't, I shouldn't have to do that. He said, and I quote, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong. We need to focus where we, we need to focus and support each other. And I said to him, I added him and I said, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, then what do you mean? It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. Of course it matters. How could you say that? Then he had the nerve to tell the guy who aired him out on this post that he was being disrespectful to him. Telling the truth is not disrespectful. The truth hurts. The truth is uncomfortable. And the truth can be embarrassing. I literally added him and said this. But the truth is not disrespectful. So you as a man, if you put your business out here into the street, and you have in your and you want people to rally behind you. Everybody deserves to hear exactly what happened. And everything he said was just a deflection. Everything he said was, you know, my brother, you know, I called to talk to you. Why do you need to call and talk to anybody that has a different opinion than an opinion that you have when you were so hot headed 
<laughs> over a bad customer service experience somebody else had that you picked up the phone and said, let me defend you and pick up the phone and call him and ask him, why is he hanging up on you? Keisha. I'm just saying, let's not order. Keisha. Yes. So mm -hmm. so I know that me, me and you had discussed this when it first came and I told you I saw it a post. And you know, oh, one no. thing that one thing that most people don't know that I do is I'm a little nosy. Oh. And I looked and seen who he was, and I kind of had my um my own questions. Did I, so I just remained it remained silent. But so Keisha, do you think that he called the? So what do they say if a guy does it? He's not Karen. What is he, Khalif? Because he black. No, he he's pulled a Khalif. He, he, he did a I Kevin. mean, yeah. I mean, we gotta understand that it's black people. It's some race baiters as ambulance chasers. Mm. In the Ooh. black community too. Mm. Elaborate. I mean, we don't want to. If you don't mind, could you elaborate on that, please? Oh. <laughs> I mean, say it I, again. Before you elaborate, please say it again. Say it again. Race betas and ambulance chasers. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm. And 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 the and the black community, like it, it. It's been a couple incidents with restaurants, right? And and some of the stories don't add up, right? So with the Cuban Pete, is if he's rude to everyone, then is that racism or is he just a rude person? Right. And you have to. And then you determine. And then you determine, like, if so. Here's the problem with black people: like, we go up to Walmart and Walmart treat us like shit, but you know they cheat, so people still go to Walmart. We I haven't know. learned. Me either. So we haven't like that Walmart on 22. I had that fight. I, I don't go there. So we haven't learned that if people don't treat you well, you don't have to treat your dollars. You don't have to spend your dollars there. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a racist or a racism situation. Like Shakita and I are small business owners. People call us. They be batshit crazy and off the wall. And just because there's a customer doesn't mean that they're right. So everything opened up on Monday. So Cuban Pete, they can have people inside. They were probably busy. And if they redirected the person to look at the menu online and you didn't like that, I feel like he would have done that to anybody. He would have done that to his mother because he's just rude. But also, so what does racism have to do with that? But also, we don't know if he actually hung up. We don't know if he simply, we, we don't know the story because he's not giving you the story. And I said this the yes. other day, I don't know a single person who is telling a story about something that happens and literally doesn't give you all sides. Mm. Like, like, even if you want to be a liar, right? Lie and make up what the other person said. But where is the Shakita? I said That's this, and he said that, and then it must have been maybe 10 minutes later, I called back and this happened, and then this person answered the phone. There's no full story. But that's it's the race bait and part of it. Keisha. That's the way. Keisha. That's the, yeah. I, I, I had a question for you from YouTube. Um, someone asked you, did you get it shaking in Walmart? Oh yeah, I did. I did. 
I'm on video and everything. You on video and what happened? Can you explain that? You know, you don't have to go into too much details, but you put it out there, so we would like to know what happened at Walmart on 22. What happened on Walmart at 22? Uh, quick version. I took my oldest nephew to get a job, and um, I have a cousin who's uh, he's small for a man, and people try him. And there was a lady with all her kids, and uh, she was waiting for one parking spot, and we pulled into another parking spot, and she got mad. And I'm a little mousy. So she came in there, she was talking stuff, and I was talking stuff, and then she kicked me, and it was Father's Day, and I hit her and her mother and her kids with a, with the toolbox. That's why the police is in the, the Walmart on 22. But that was in my youth. I don't act like that now. So, so Keisha, TMZ never came out with the tapes? They never, the tapes was never produced? Oh my God, so y'all know I get my Karen on. So I was very embarrassed when I walked into Walmart about two months later and they was like you are the girl that's on the video fighting <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> that was in my youth they you they you they you they use your video as a training op <laughs> yeah, yeah probably because i called the police and i was like i've been assaulted because you know i get my karen on that's that good white people education so and i said so, but if y'all don't get here i'm gonna handle it so let me let me ask you because you know that definitely we want to finish on Cuban Pete's, um, for, just to just to give the uh, the audience that's listening some reference, myself, Shakita, and Keisha went to school with Cuban Pete's nephew, and um, about two years ago I went to Cuban Pete's, no, about three years ago I went to Cuban Pete's, posted it on Facebook, his nephew inboxed me and was like, yo. Whenever you go there, ask for the owner and tell him we grew up together. And um, I went there after that, and I used that little juice card that he told me to use. And the man treated me like uh, I was one of his long lost kinfolk. So uh, I'm. You probably are. But you'd be surprised how many, and I tell people this I can count how many times this man has given me my entire. Like bill be like a hundred dollars or two hundred. Like we got a whole table full of people, and he brings out the bill, and it's half of that, and nothing has happened. How many times I'm sitting with and and um my girlfriend Alana, her mom, um Debbie Cannon. We used to go to Cuban Peace all the time. We bring the kids. You know how many times in my kitchen kids have been in that kitchen? Oh, come here, let's go, let's go to the back. I want to show them. He comes back to the table with a $50 gift card. You know how many times I've gotten $50 gift cards for nothing other than thank you and sit down, have a drink with you, talk. I've heard people say that he was rude. And let me tell you, I've seen him get busy with jokers. I've seen it. But every time I've seen it, they deserved it. Every time I've seen it, they deserved it. And I understand that you're a business owner. I get that. people. But he's this is not Burger King. This is his business. I've even had somebody tell me. I've even had somebody tell me, don't go. She told, alerted the whole family, friends, everybody, don't go to Cuban Peace. They're racist. We asked her what happened. She told us a story. You know what her story was? I had a table full of, I had a group of people. We were not all there. We had already been waiting for over an hour, but we were still not all there. He said, a white party before me. I said, 
Were they all there? Yeah. That's why he sent them. Their party was complete. Yours was not. But we waited for over an hour and he set them. He knew them. What? My, okay. The facts. Well, where here. was your party? The facts are, let's be, let's be factual. He does not see parties that are not complete. Most restaurants will not do that. He did what his policy is. I do not see people who are all not here. What does racism have to do that? With the, I understand you're, you're black, he's white, but you cannot call him racist for following his policy. Your party, you waited an hour and your whole party still wasn't there. <laughs> but when I went for my birthday this past October, I walked in the door. He said, Wait, he says, your party here? I said, my birthday's on Halloween. Is your party here? I said, no. He said, come on. I'm going to seat you anyway. So he can do what he wants, but it still wasn't people spilling out the door. You, do you understand what I'm saying? The restaurant was pretty empty. But he... I, but if you... But you're a regular. So for regulars, I do different things. What I'm saying is, I don't know what this man... I, if this man did something racist, all I'm asking you is, I deserve to know what it was. I'm not following. If, if you want us all, if you want us all, this small that got me. I can't do it no more. I can't. Do if it you no want more. us all to support and stand behind you, I need to know what happened. Shakita, just like any other story. Shakita, Shakita huh? you made you made rest to, you made reference to Jesse Smollett. Because Jesse Smollett got me. I was like, when people was like, oh, this story don't make no sense. I don't believe it. I was like, well, why can't we not believe it until we get proved? Why can't we believe it until we get proved? Why do you got to like dog him out? People was like, girl, you can ride with him all you want. This shit is dumb. He lying. This don't make no sense. And I saw through the holes in the lies. And I don't, and literally I get that he's a, he was a celebrity, but they're both two, two strangers. If there's holes in your story and there's holes in his story, I cannot, I learned my lesson. I can't ride for somebody just because they black. If Keisha called me and told me that her, that her boyfriend broke up with her or tried to kill her and she in tip top shape, his car tore up, I need to know what, you, what happened, Keisha. I don't want to know what you did. I need to know what both of y'all did. I want to hear the whole story. Not so that I can judge you, but just so that I know, so that it sits right in my spirit that I'm out here defending you. Pay attention. Keisha, pay attention. Turn on that night. Turn on that porch light, Keisha, because we, we know you on in the front, you know, enjoying this beautiful weather. But one it's, of the things that one of the things that I'm One of the things that's interesting um about the Cuban and uh, Cuban Pete's, right, is that I remember when they first opened back up, somebody sent me a picture of the line outside where it was like a 45 minute wait even after you called in. Um, and that ain't nothing because so, it'd, be two, it'd be like a two hour wait. So, you know, um, it's it's interesting that this, this happened and, you know, a lot of times just because we know somebody, we don't want to cape for them. But at the end of the day, you're not proving no receipts. And I actually seen something that, um, KK put up about Cuban Pete's during the, the beginning of the protest, how they was in support for Black Lives Matter. So it's interesting how he came at them with this allegation. And um, 
People called but him this out is my thing. Quentin, I feel like that people been having problems with certain places and they're using what's going on right now to try to get all of us to um, be against certain places. So it's like, I feel like people are making stuff up. Well, I saw somebody made a point that said, here he is a business and like, you know, these businesses are getting backlash for saying, you know, Black Lives Matter. So this person was like, you know, why would he jeopardize his business? Why would he put that out there and jeopardize his business to lose the so-called black dollars? I'm I'm one who feels like people can say black lives matter all they want. Like I you can still be racist, you can still be making I wouldn't say you could be racist, but you can just be uh ignorant. You can still be ignorant and still not speak up for black people and not um use your privilege to help and still say Black Lives Matter. So I'm definitely not one for thinking because there's a sign up that that makes you any better. I'm simply asking you that if you said you experienced something, I'm asking you what happened. And for you, how dare you shame anybody or anyone into feeling like they can't ask that. And they have to jump behind a stranger and believe what the stranger says. I believe Every, I try to believe everybody black when something happens and they say that they were mistreated. I really try to. But what I'm asking you is what happened? Why wouldn't you just tell people what happened? I don't, that's the part that I don't, I th- feel like it's the simplest thing you can do is just tell a, an entire story. So why wouldn't you do that? Do you think that, do you think that, I'm going to ask you guys a question and it's, and it's not specifically about this, but it will talk about, the larger scope and the mindset of where a lot of us are at, definitely um, people that get triggered easy. Do you think that we're too busy looking for allies and trying to get our allies to be, we want allies to be allies on what they need to be allies on instead of just accepting their allyship. Like, for example, like, you know somebody is in support of Black Lives Matter. You know somebody in support of fighting against police brutality fighting against white supremacy and they, they they're, you know, not so the 10 are going to be white. And then you still like, that's not enough for you that you want them to publicly say it, or you got to say it on your page every day. Like, you know, a lot of people in the last couple of weeks be like, yeah, my white friends that I went to school is awful silent. Silence sometimes is golden. So don't, they don't have to always speak up. That don't mean they're not your ally or that there is your ally. I mean, I think that a lot of times people nowadays, and I'm, I want you young ladies to uh, talk about it, people want allies and try to control them. What do you think, Keisha? Because you know, all over the place back there. Go ahead, that could be a possibility. I'll be somebody pulling up. I'm trying to figure out. I have white friends who did not post any Black Lives Matter anything, right? I have a couple. I did not expect them to, and I didn't ask them to. Um, I personally didn't post any Black Lives Matter stuff either. I just, I just, I just didn't. Like I'm, I've always post posted articles, information, things I see on the news. I'm always posting things that I see that maybe somebody doesn't didn't see always. 
But the very same people who posted Black Lives Matter never do. They're never, they never, they don't, all they do, I mean, every post they post is something dumb, something stupid. The very same people that said Black Lives Matter were, posted things about um, black on black crime. And I was all on their asses and they all blocked and deleted me and I could care less. So you, you you understand what I'm saying? You could you could post whatever you want, but what does that what does what does that have to do with who you are and what the, and what you really mean? You know, like I don't need somebody white to post Black Lives Matter, but what I need you not to do if you're my friend is not to be on racist rants and then say, well, you're different because you're, because you're my friend. So as long as you as long as you know and aren't racist and have no racist undertones and don't say certain things because I've been noticing all of my friends from Union have been experiencing this from their white friends. And it's, and I'm thinking to myself, why wouldn't you delete them? This is a nightmare. I would never be friends with them. Like how could you have been friends with somebody white all of these years and not know that they were like this? My white friends, I know them. I've known them forever and they don't act like that. And I know them. We've had these conversations. So how are you friends with somebody all this time and you didn't know that they were racist? You didn't know that they were crazy. You didn't know that they uh, were saying dumb shit when they saw black men dead laying dead mm -hmm. in the street that they wouldn't say, well, that's what he get. Like, how do you not know that this is the kind of people you're friends with? So I don't need my friends to post I, black I, because they're not like that. I think Am that I, in I, our situation... I'm sorry, Go Keisha. I think that in our situation... Um, so I'm going to say this. It's a lot of people that grew up how we grew up that they had black neighbors. So even though they went to a school that was predominantly white, so they looked at their white friends as face value. So that's why if you see a person like me, when I'll be like, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by Susan or such and such. Because this has always been my experience. I've always lived amongst them. Mm -hmm. I, and here's my thing. If you work in a corporate America job, your social media pages, whether you know it or not. So mm -hmm. you don't, to me, that doesn't prove friendship if you're getting into it with people over Black lives, all lives, LGBTQ, because they monitor... Um, your social media pages. Mm -hmm. My problem becomes when you put stuff up that's all across the board and then because I work for myself so if I press on you and you be like, oh my god, you're calling me a racist. So then I'm like, oh, well you confirmed to me that you're a racist. And I don't have a problem. So listen, anybody who went to Union, I don't have a problem pressing up against them because I don't work for nobody but me. Mm -hmm. But when you work at these places and you climb in a corporate ladder, you have to be careful. They will bring you into HR over your yeah. social media pages. I mean, that's black people, that's white people, that's Spanish, that's all of us. So you can't just be mixing it up or talking out of anger or any of that stuff because it can and will affect your livelihood. Right. Um, okay, so, but so, on the reverse, go ahead, Quentin. No, no, go finish your point, please. But on the reverse, I don't need my friends because I'm gonna tell you, it's somebody we grew up with, a couple of them got black baby daddies. 
and you know the inboxes and the messages is going like um they ain't said nothing about black lives matter or that doesn't really bother me but for some people it is bothering them because they feel like you know now you got black kids and black grandkids why you ain't stand stepping up or standing up but they get a lot of backlash for standing up or standing beside you so you know some of us folding some of us walking around with t-shirts that say white loves matter so why you expect the white people to be 10 toes down when we cooning but that's just my thoughts so we and i'm drinking so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put a cap into the uh Cubans and peace things and just say um you know just to give just to give the uh, I'm gonna reach out to the guy and see if he'll wanna come on the just show. Answers see. By yourself. <laughs> I'm not gonna come on here. But um I'm not in but, um, I'm gonna reach out for him, Chiquita. We're gonna have him go on the show. He's on his own. I'm not interested. He's I'm not gonna be on. But I I, bef- I want to talk about Bubba Wallace. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's let, let's segue into that. Hold up, hold up, Keisha. Now, now, Keisha, you said something about gaslighting. You said something about gaslighting and ambulance chasing Keisha, right? I can't wait to hear that. Keisha. <laughs> I really, I really, I really need you to give us now you now me and Shakita talk to you uh behind the scenes a lot, talk to you all the time. I need you to give the audience what you mean by gaslighting and ambulance chasing. Saying that you know, basically saying somebody treated you bad because of your race. Explain what you mean by that. Um, so uh, we see it on our page, we see it on our social media page. A lot of people gaslight, like they say stuff to get a reaction and then play victim. That's mm-hmm. you know, that's gaslighting. Or and and the ambulance, and we know what ambulance chase your um. Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, so, like so, you know, those are you know, it's, it's 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 to me. As soon as something happened, black, you want to talk about the Congressional Black Caucus. As soon as something black happened, you want to talk about it, but then you sell us out at the finish line. It's fucking ambulance chases. We have a lot of that amongst us. We got European blood, like we don't acknowledge it, but you know. Capitalist society, well, money talks. Well, I'm glad um, you brought that up, Keisha, because and the reason why I asked you to uh, explain it because um, we're gonna segue into our next issue. NASCAR, Bubba Wallace. NASCAR only want the black dollars, but go ahead, Sh- Shakita. Um, explain, explain to the audience if they don't know. About Bubba Wallace, he's the um, one of the only black. It's, it's a few black drivers of NASCAR. He drives Richard Petty's car, but explain his situation, Chiquita. I'm gonna do the best I can, right? And I'm and I'm gonna do the best I can, just like I try to do the best I could with um, the other one. So he said that he found a noose in his garage. Of course, we all rallied behind him. We're watching. I saw several, quite a few people watching his race the other day, um, you know, in support of him. 
he was uh, he did a little interview without his mask, saying he'd wanted the haters to see him smile. He, you know, he doesn't want people to think that you know anybody got to him. Um, there was a parade of looks. It looked like hundreds of people following behind his car as he was driving and waving, you know, in support of you know Black Lives Matter. Uh, Bubba Wallace matters. Black NASCAR race driver, car drivers matter. Um, and this all happened um, right after uh, NASCAR said, we want to do away with Confederate flags. And um, there was a NASCAR driver who quit um, because he felt as though he wasn't able to have his flag and you know, he, he wanted things to be the way that it was. I can't get into much detail because I can't remember what he said, but he wrote a letter and he quit. There were other NASCAR uh, race drive, uh, NASCAR um, race car drivers who felt the same way, but there were quite a few who were in support of that decision and Black Lives. So fast forward to Bubba Wallace, the news, people rallying behind him. He was crying on TV. Um, this huge parade of people following behind him, supporting him. He's waving and smiling and talking about the haters. And, you know, like I said, I saw quite a few people um, watching the race and in support of him and just being there and sending him all kinds of love and pos positive energy. Well, the FBI has conducted their research and the FBI did a full investigation. And the FBI said, there was no hate crime there. There was no noose and there was no hate crime. And that's all they said. And I said to myself, now, Mr. Mr. Wallace said there was a noose and I have proof. Here we go again. I'm going to need to see proof, sir. At this point, I need to see proof. And I'm not saying that the FBI's trust worthy. But what I am saying is, if you saw a noose in your garage, show us. Just like any other injustice that's been happening, we have full proof. When somebody says a young man passed, excuse me, a young man was murdered in police custody, we demand a video. We demand proof. We want to see what happened to him. We feel as though he was murdered. The police station is saying, no, he was not or whatever it is they're saying, they swept it under the rug and nobody knows what's happening. We want to see proof. We want to see it. And we want to see it right now. Why do these people who say that somebody disrespected them and said something racial on the telephone think they don't have to show no proof? Why does Jesse Smollett, Judas, think he don't have to show no proof that somebody did something to him? Why does Bubba Wallace when is he? I need to see his proof too. I want to see it. I want to see everybody's proof. The only people that I am believing with face value are my children. And my children come in here and tell me that somebody hurt them, tried to murder them, tried to, to, to take their, their, their manhood or do anything to them. Them the only people I'm believing. Anybody else? I got questions. Someone, someone, some, someone in the chat said that uh, NASCAR Bubba Wallace didn't blow the whistle. NASCAR brought it to his attention. Um, someone in the chat said that, that NASCAR brought it to whistle. 
Well, let me just give some people a little bit of background. He said, I, I actually I actually posted the article earlier where he said that he believed it was a noose and the FBI is lying. Then the day I seen where he said he agreed with the FBI's investigation and he glad that it wasn't a noose, it was some type of rope that was on a garage. First and foremost, I, want I don't to see know how, it could, I don't, it could well have been because like you said, go ahead. I'm sorry, let me know. I'm I don't know how that. many I don't know how many people have ever been to NASCAR, but because they said that it was there for like eight weeks. Let me first inform the audience who's ever been to NASCAR. NASCAR has races every week. I, I live 20 miles away from Pocono Raceway. They have races every week they open. They got cameras everywhere on the outside. You can't even go close to the building without security coming to you. Talladega is um, in Georgia, I think. And it, it's one of them raceways that's well known where they have a lot of races. So for a noose to be there eight weeks, I would think it's kind of strange. Um, I don't know about this situation. I, I ain't saying he's doing a Let justice me, smile. It, it just, it, it just doesn't seem right. What I, it, Let it, me tell you what I feel like people are doing, right? So I don't know how many people know about Wendell Scott. He's from Danville, Virginia. Um, that's where my family is from. So there, it's a lot of NASCAR races in Danville. It's a lot of Confederate flags. So um, unfortunately, they, they just ignorant. They really Great, think, to Alabama. You're right. Uh, they ju they just think that it's no it's no racism when it comes to the Confederate flag. But what I will say is. Bubba probably was dealing with a whole bunch of racism mm -hmm. previously. Mm -hmm. And he done gaslighted and ambulance chase this fucking situation to get us upset because he been paying the five the whole time. Like, that's what we do sometimes. Like, we are conditioned that sometimes we accept shit that's wrong and because everything's in the news. But I'm sorry, he still need his facts. He still need his facts. I don't, you know, I don't believe, I judge people on who they are and how they treat me, not by the color of their skin. Even if, you know, I have a sense of distrust with white people, but I got a sense of distrust for black people too. So they want us to champ champion all this stuff and don't give us no facts. That's nonsense. I just feel he like should have just said he been dealing with racism. He shouldn't have made this a thing. Cause now, if he said that, I believe that. Cause just, they, the NASCAR is racist as hell. I, I need. I'm gonna need my people to go to some kind of class and learn how to deal with things. Everybody. One was in a customer service situation. The other one was in a professional situation, whether it's race, sports or not, professional. I don't know who his publicist is, but it should have been said, we are launching an investigation into some things that I saw, just like Keisha said, and we're launching an investigation into some things that we saw. We've informed the FBI and we will get back to you later. He could have easily played it and said, I deal with a lot of racism here. 
these things happen to me on the regular. I need to be sure. I don't know how anybody can mistaken a rope that looks like a noose, but it's not a noose. I don't, I, but, so but, now, here I, but here I am, I'm getting too technical. I just want to stick to what I know, just like in any other situation. What I know is you saw a rope. If the FBI, what I don't understand is from the time that you thought you saw it, you had all, and I feel like it's almost like a setup and not necessarily a setup on us, not a setup for us to join him and back him, but a setup on all of us so that we can then look back at these situations and say, and say this Shakita, is Shakita, 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 one, one second. I see somebody in the chat that said this is a conversation that somebody who knows more about NASCAR and we got somebody from Vauxhall that's a NASCAR owner. First of all, whoever said it, Jonathan Cohen is one of my friends who I can call and get the information about. That's not the purpose of our show. So I, I need you to try to like get in tune. And just because Jonathan is an owner of a NASCAR, he's not a driver. So we need to understand that just because you own a car, that doesn't mean you're a driver. Yeah, but we can also discuss what we want because we're discussing racism. So but I don't even understand why that was a point of contention when let me we just all know that NASCAR is racist. But that doesn't mean, like, when, not, when you're dealing in stuff like this, you have to deal in facts, but we're not, not fiction. We're not discussing how they build the car, how they put the cars up at night, what time the race starts, how much money they make. We're not discussing that. We're discussing something where it's, it's all of the details were put into the news. So the details were put there. So let us just finish having our conversation. So I feel like oh, it's, it's no. almost like it's a setup to have a say, I'm not supporting, but like I felt like with Jesse Smollett, even though Jesse Smollett feels like he lied, <laughs> it made so many of us say, I'm never going to believe such and such until I get facts, or I'm, I'm not going to listen to anything anybody says. I just feel like from the time he saw the rope, launched the investigation, all of that backing that he had to now say, I believe that it wasn't. The crying, the emotion, to have us all so emotionally invested, just to turn around and say, well, that wasn't it. Now it leaves us with a bad taste in our mouth, like, well, maybe we don't need to listen and believe everybody. I think if we all just simply say, facts are what we need when we are coming together to do anything. I think it will alleviate what are, a lot. What what are one of the things, right? Um, and this is the purpose of, of of the show is for us to talk and to intermingle with the chat and um, you know, not and I and, and I know that I don't usually cut you and uh, Keisha off when I see things in the chat because sometimes it's just more of a statement than a question for us. Um, I just want people to understand something about NASCAR, right? NASCAR weekend, whenever it's a race on the weekend, <laughs> it's you got people from all over, hundreds of thousands of people that travel in RVs to these rate to these raceways. So a lot of times it would be like a um as we would say, like a cookout or a party type of thing mm -hmm. to go mm -hmm. to the race and you traveling with the circuit. So it's you'll like see a lot of Confederate flags. Mm -hmm. So this has been going on for years. 
Um, NASCAR had banned the Confederate flag five years ago, actually. And they couldn't control it so much so that they tried to do a swap where they was giving away free American flags if you bring the Confederate flag and they couldn't stop the Confederate flag. So we're proud that NASCAR finally tightened up on the ban and probably won't breed, won't allow people in to the races that, that have the Confederate flag. If somebody takes them out their RV or whatever, they'll probably confiscate them. But I, I want people to understand that when we talk about issues, um, we're talking about our opinion about the issue and what we know based off the information. So it's not an attack on anybody. It's just the fact that sometimes, just sometimes, people know a little bit of people and people do do a little bit of traveling in this world. And we're not saying we're the end all be all to all this stuff. We're just saying, like Shakita said, when he said that it was a noose, and I want people to understand, if you know how to tie knots, it's like eight different knots. A noose is not an easy knot to tie. You got to know what you're doing to tie a noose. From that time, he did that. Maybe a publicist, anybody. Nobody had a cell phone. Nobody took a picture of it. I mean, and, and we have a right it. as the public. When you say that this happened to you, we have a right as the public to say, where's your proof? Then, it very well could have looked like a noose. It could have looked like that to him. It, he could have felt that, like Keisha said, all of the shit that he goes through, maybe he deals with a lot of racism there because I they, they said they called him names, they spit at him, all kinds of stuff. You can only imagine what he deals with on a regular basis. So during this climate, he saw the saw it hanging. It could have been looped up a certain way, and he could have said, "That oh my God, look what has look what has happened to me." And the people around him probably felt the same way. So I'm not saying that he didn't feel those things and he didn't know those things. What I'm saying is now the FBI is saying it's not. There was no hate crime, and I feel like at at when that happens, it causes a lot of us to not have as much faith. And what, I'm is, and what I'm saying is, don't, don't do that. Simply ask for the whole story in the beginning. Ask for as much information as you get so that you can make an educated guess and an educated opinion and, and really just be able to decide what you wanna do. Why, why do you need to be so invested in something without waiting? Like I've been seeing people say, everybody, every, this, this cancel culture wants to cancel everybody. And then the next day, that wasn't even a story. That isn't even what actually happened. And they got you out here canceling Starbucks. They got you canceling Target. They sit on it for 24 hours and wait for more information to come out. But the people who are in control of the information, but the people who are in control of the information, in certain situations, feel like, well, why do I got to give you information? Why don't you just believe me? Who do you think you are? Who would do that in any situation? In any, in every situation, I want facts. Who do you think you are to think that I don't have to get any facts from you because you're black and we all champion for Black Lives Matter, so we should just follow you into the into hell? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not following anybody into hell. I never have. And I'm telling you now. And I keep using Jesse as an and as an example. I remember feeling so bad for him, and they still haven't. You know, even though the FBI and the police department is saying he lied, the fact that he's not telling his story 
we don't have any real. We can't even defend them. I, if we want so when so here's tell your story, tell it so that we can defend you, or so we can stop eating there. If all of these people experienced all of this racism at Cuban Pete, why y'all never wrote reviews and said that? Why when people are asking you right now, yes. Today, what happened? What happened? Oh, I don't want to get into it. Why not? If we don't, we want to. We don't want to support anybody who doesn't support us or who says racial, racial things to somebody. You mean to tell me all y'all experienced all of this racism from Cuban peace and nobody wants to tell a real story? Why not? But I, I also think that we have a bad habit of not doing any research. I, 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 you know, she, Shakita keep talking about Jesse Smollett. I think Tawana Brawley, like, was what, she, she lying? I don't. Was she lying? I don't know. She may yeah. not have been. Maybe it was her handlers. So what? What I what I can say to you with from uh, a place of knowledge, you have to have facts when you go about these type of things. you It's not about feelings. It's not about emotions. It's about facts. And sometimes what happens is we're led astray. We're easily manipulated. I, I mean, I hate to say that. We're very smart, but we're easily manipulated. So if I say to you, um, look up Wendell Scott. He was the first black NASCAR driver. He's from Danville, Virginia. That's where my family is from. That should tell you that I have some knowledge about that. I go to Danville every three weeks, right? The NASCAR bases are down there. Pennsylvania County, North Carolina, you go cross over in that, all you see is Confederate flags. I literally just they, stopped watching race car driving like three years ago. I used to watch it all are, the time. That angle. They, so, they are married to their Confederate flags. It's a predominant. I got a hey, Keisha. I have a, I have a, a, an assignment for our, anybody listening, and I want and I want us to, us to be able to use some critical thinking. Is it more blood that we spilt on a Confederate flag or the American flag? After you do your research, get back to me on that. At let's talk fifty six hundred at gmail.com and then you'll really think twice about the confederate flag and the american flag now we know that the confederate flag was for the confederacy and they were mostly all slave owners and people that wanted slavery so i'm not saying that the confederate flag should ever be honored but we as people need to really understand that most of our blood was spilt on that american flag and i'm not so saying get rid of it because we own it but be careful. Right, but what I'm saying, Quentin, is yeah, ice hockey and and NASCAR, predominantly white sports, they treat us terrible. Mm-hmm. Keisha, somebody on Periscope said that the guy that you're talking about in Danville mm-hmm. said that that's who that's who Richard Pryor played in Grease Lightning. Mm. Yeah, it is. But they treat us terrible. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we made ice hockey like the black people in Nova Scotia. You know, Don't I've been, quote me. I may be wrong. I've been meaning to research that because I saw something on that. And, and then I, I think I also 
also other they were supposed to be doing some kind of depiction, like maybe a movie or something to discuss that because um, they said the uh, they were they 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 not only um, had a hand in inventing ice hockey, but all of the tools and stuff that they used to play with. They they created all of that stuff. But I mean, but to but to talk about people who bandwagon jump, like the police officers, five police officers who had the milkshakes and got sick and put out a statement and said that they were poisoned by Shake Shack, right? So many people were like, oh my God, that's so terrible. These are police officers. You know, I understand that all of this stuff is going on, but how could you poison the police officers? Everybody jumped on the police officers' backs. Everybody defended them and said, oh my God, this is so terrible. These young kids poisoned the police officers. Nobody did any research. I'm, 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 say, using, I'm saying this because of what Keisha said about research. Nobody did any research to see if that was even true. Not only did they find that there was no criminal, nothing criminal that happened, that there was no actual poisoning. What people also don't know was that these police officers ordered these milkshakes on um, uh, uh, an act. So nobody even knew that they were police officers when they went inside, when the milkshakes were already made and waiting for them. But the amount of people who are saying you want the police department to defund it, this is the way, this is how the police are being disrespectful. The white police officers and some of the black police officers that are on my timeline who have been going in, oh, anybody who wants to see police officers are dead. Um, are, is a terrible person and I don't want to have nothing to do with them. I haven't seen anybody come back and say, the police lied. The police made it up. The police fabricated. They made all of this up to get attention. Nobody has said a single word. Just there's, no account, it's, 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 there's no checks and balances and there's no accountability. No, none, none. None. And I remember watching it and not feeling, I remember reading it and not feeling like, oh, good, the police officer was poisoned. But just like in any situation, you know, wait for the facts to come out. Who is going to jump on a bandwagon to boycott Shake Shack when you don't even have all of the facts? So am I supposed to just believe them because they're police officers? Am I supposed to just believe them because of the climate? Absolutely not. I want facts. People have to start doing research. Everybody has to start doing research, and not because and we not, gotta, because you don't know who you who to believe in. You know, you know, you, you know, know what's funny? Be logical and make a, a correct assessment, like a normal freaking person. What's funny? What's funny is that we're get we're, we're getting we're getting and um, Shakita, I'm glad you brought this up and wanted to discuss this because it's funny because one of the things that us three discuss behind the scenes a lot is Keisha's favorite word. Show me the receipts. <laughs> and we we're in the age of receipts. Like, yo, you got people that go back 10 years. Well, well, let's say 10 years to get Twitter account. But people will show you receipts where you might have flip-flopped on an issue or like they even bring athletes up on some racial tweets that they might have said as teenagers. I mean, so that's all. It's nobody's Look, Jimmy saying nobody's. I said Bubba Watson. Bubba's lying, but like Bubba, in this age, you got to be a little bit more. Is that his real name? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. His mama named him Bubba. Yeah. yeah. He got a I white mean, mama. I don't. I don't know about all that. Mm -hmm. we, we, you know, 
But it's, 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 it's funny that, you know, all people ask is like, yo, a little transparency. Because, you know, one thing about the culture is. I'm about to look. We go to bat for everybody. When you right, the whole culture will go to bat for you. When you wrong, the culture going to look different at you. So, you know, that, that's all. Just show, just show a little bit of transparency. You know, it's it's. It's just amazing how um, I'm just shocked that it wasn't nobody's cell phone. I mean, even so much so that you, some people don't even trust the authorities. So usually you would give it to unbiased media first mm -hmm. to investigate because you'd be like, man, I ain't telling the police. They ain't going to do nothing about it. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll let Sean his King name, do it. You know what I mean? His like, name is, is Daryl. I know ain't no black mama named his ass Bubba. His mama named him Bubba. We're gonna call him no, Bubba. No, his name is his name is Daryl. He couldn't get no damn job as Bubba. Then to answer to answer the question, I know somebody did um post that uh I I, I I um Jonathan is doing his uh MSNBC rounds right now and I will reach out to him because he is a um he is the first black majority um, NASCAR owner, and he is a friend of mine. And uh, we were going to do an interview before, but right now, Jonathan, uh, for those that don't know, not only does he own uh, is a majority owner NASCAR, he does a lot of bike riding. He does a lot of things for charities, and they drive from borough to borough. One of the things that he does, so he's kind of busy, that so one nice day show. I probably I will have him on the show. What yeah, is that, I, I said that would be a nice show. I watch. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan. Jonathan has stuff on YouTube. If you ever look up Jonathan Cohen on YouTube with Flex, and he's done a lot of stuff with 106 and Park before. He's on that. He's been in the NASCAR over 10 years, so he does got some history with NASCAR. And him and Bubba are friends, which is interesting. But Bubba, for those that don't know, Bubba drives Richie Petty's car. Richie Petty's car. Richie Petty is his house is a museum down in North Carolina. I mean. He's known as one of the most careful, nice guys in NASCAR circuit. Some say that he is the greatest NASCAR driver ever outside of uh, Earhart. So, you know, but that's not to deflect away from the conversation that Bubba should have produced some tangible evidence. Like, yo, you like that call. One thing that call, like Shakita said, that call. Excuse me. Life that call, that call, when you call and say that somebody attacked you because of your race, you call, like I said, you're calling the whole culture. Give us, you have to give the culture something because this is the age of the receipts. I mean, you have, or you, and again, I'm not saying that he didn't see it. I'm not saying he didn't think it was like that because, like you said, who. There could be people who don't know how to tie a noose, but they want to tie the rope to make it look as such, right? So who's the, who's saying that it had to be a, this professional, uh, you know, 1822 noose? It could have just been them sh fashioning the rope to look as such. So we're not saying that that didn't happen. And that very well could, ha could have happened for him. But... I know when FBI got there, they had to look at it. They took pictures. Somebody took pictures. Let us make our let us draw our own conclusion. Um, 
Because who is somebody to tell us that that doesn't look like a noose? We could see it ourselves and say, you know what? That does look like right. it. And I see you got offended and y'all better do something about it. We would be able to rally it behind him and defend him. At this point, they're saying there was nothing. He's saying, well, I see how it could not have been. Sir, I, I'm, I, at this point, I need to see it. I, want, I, want, I need to see it. I need to see it. Because I, I want to know for myself. I want to know for myself. I want to see. I want to know. And that's just that. I, 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 listen, I'm not saying I'm not saying it wasn't a noose. I'm not saying it was, but I have a hard time believing that a noose was somewhere for nine months and nobody noticed it until now. Definitely in NASCAR garages because, like I said, it's racist every weekend, all the time. It's constantly racist. So, you know. Um, it could be. It could be NASCAR. I'm saying, like somebody in the chat said that NASCAR um blew it up and Bubba didn't. It's possibly NASCAR. That could, could be it. But even if they blew it up, he didn't. He was in tears on television. He had a whole parade of people behind him. At this point, we want to see some. So I know the FBI took pictures. Show us the pictures. Because if it Tawana Brawley. Honey, if it sort of kind of looked like a noose, we want to see. Listen, 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 y'all. Somebody in the chat keep making me laugh, right? Because I sometimes I can't see the name, but somebody in the chat keeps saying it's freaking Alabama. I understand how we feel about Alabama, but I got family in Alabama, and they definitely don't tell me it's as bad as we think it is. I'm not saying I'm gonna go down there. Let me tell you. Just go. New Jersey is probably the most racist place we ever been to. But all I'm going to say is Tawana Ali. Okay? Ha you got to have your shit together. Jesse Smollett. But on all of those people, with all of those people and all of the things that they've said and done and possibly over-exaggerated to get attention or pretended to be kidnapped, who knows what people do, right? That's fine. It's logical to ask for facts when something happened. When you when somebody says something happened to them and they can't tell you a story, I have a problem with that. I have, I have said things about, and I won't go into detail, but I've said things about a man in particular that were terrible that he had done to me. And when somebody asked me what it was, I was like, how much time you got? Let me get the police. Do you, you want me to want to see the police report? Because I have proof. And I'm telling you what I'm telling you because I'm telling you the truth. So how much proof do you need so you don't think that I'm lying? That's how I come when I'm telling, when somebody, when I say something, I mean it. And if I don't want anybody to know because I'm hurt or I'm afraid or it's too tra traumatic, I keep it to myself. But when somebody, if you are telling somebody a story about something and you need somebody to defend you and they say, well, tell me what happened. Well, I can't tell you what they said other than they said that I was the N word, but I was only trying to get a soda. No, I need to know the whole entire story just because it makes, why would you better, you got to tell me, I need to know. And it's just logical. And some of us, and some of us lie. Oop. I've had people Some lie, lie. That damn Facebook bold face lie in my face and when I say mm, you're mistaken 
all I got was like pump a nickel pickle and they disappeared. Like nobody apologized. Nobody said I was sorry. I've had people, I had somebody make a whole post about my business because she didn't like my response to her when she asked for a quote and I gave her my response. She posted this whole nasty note, her perspective, never said what the conversation was between us. And nobody asked, well, what happened? She, everybody was just like, oh my God, that is so terrible. Nobody asked what happened. How do you not ask what happened? How do you just out here listening to people and believing it? So I had to screenshot it, screenshot the real conversation and at her and at everybody that commented and everybody that liked it. Yeah, so and that was because people lie all the so time. Quitting. So, so, so to put a, Wait, uh, quit. Let me ask this. How many times have people lied to you about me and Shakita? Oh, so much so that they're, they're not, they, you know, as Shakita say, they can go to hell. Well, because people lie. So, I mean, yeah, we need hey, receipts. What, what, happens, what happens is that, um, with, with with that is that people people will people manipulate 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 their mind into believing that they see something there that's not there, and they'll you know and as they say misery loves company and they will destroy everything in their path, no matter I who think gets sick. Um, I think people just mentally disturbed. Just just to put a cap on the. Uh, just to put a cap on the um, Bubba, the Bubba thing. Um, like I said, NASCAR, NASCAR is a very, very close knit family. I mean, the spectators are are spectators unless you got a pass to come down there towards the pit because it's very dangerous. You know, it may not look like those cars is going fast. Them cars is flying. So, you know, um, hopefully it'd be some good good that comes out of this situation. I hope so too. I hope so too. Because the, the sad part about it is, if that was how, if that was how he interpreted, and not even interpreted, because we're not talking about hearing something incorrectly, right? We're not talking about hearing something incorrectly. We're not talking about baiting somebody in an argument. We're not talking about bad customer service. We're talking about seeing a rope tied up that looks off to you, and your initial response is to get somebody else to come in and say, oh my God, what is that? And I can only imagine his whole team probably feeling and thinking the same way, right? But if that's how he felt, that was worth investigating. And I'm sure between whomever he had the discussion with and the FBI, he told them everything he needed to know. If they're saying that it's not an actual noose, then that's all we can go by. I don't feel like if it's not an actual noose, that could be, that could be true because the person who did it probably didn't just know how to accurately tie it, right? That doesn't mean that there isn't racism there. So for him, I think it's a completely different situation. I think it's different. And I just, you know, I think like, for him, he's been abused. He's been dealing with racism. I think for him, he's probably been dealing with racism the entire time he's been in NASCAR. So he's on edge. He, ha I mean, we already got PTSD. So he probably sometimes may see racism when it's not racism because he deal with so much racism. Mm -hmm. True. I, I mean, if that makes sense. So, you know, I don't, 
I don't feel like he was necessarily lying per se. Um, But I think now the handlers are kind of changing, you know, the narrative or telling him what to say or, you know, I think he probably legitimately saw that and felt the way because of how he's been treated. But, you know. And he could have some legitimacy there. He's they just and they could just be saying, Look, we'll take care of it. Who knows what they're saying behind the scenes? But at least he allowed an investigation to occur. He is saying and he's taking whatever backlash he's gonna get. I'm sure he's gonna take it like a champ and keep racing. What 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 else can you do? I mean, that's what we do. Like somebody somebody in the chat. Somebody in the chat says something real interesting, and it's the truth. He said he didn't see it. NASCAR's officials saw it. He is in. The, he is the front man, and they will work it for ratings. Just my opinion, because I don't trust anything. And that's why we're here talking about it, because we don't trust anything. Right, but he also he also said he he has proof. He said yeah. I saw it, and I have proof. Then he said, and I didn't read this part, was when he said, you know, now that I look back at it, it wasn't. Yeah, now yeah, I start playing him for the dummy. When I put the article in the, in the group and I said that, yeah. I was like, well, you, well, he basically calling the FBI out. Like, mm-hmm. you got to, I'm not saying that the FBI isn't known to lie, but dude, now you're saying you got proof, you got a picture? Right. Because I mean, now they're lying, you want to know if they're lying. It's just, it's just, it's, it's just a, a, a story that you know. It, it um, fortunately nobody got physically hurt or nothing came out of it. Hopefully, uh, it ends well. But it's just a story. Sometimes you hear things in the national media, and it just don't add up, and it don't seem right. Right. Um, even, even, even in the Fed's investigation. It seemed like very quick. They didn't even say who they talked to, because the the, the garage in the pit area is like sacred. You don't you're not even supposed to go in nobody else's pit. That's how sacred ground those areas are. So it just right. you know. And he's saying he saw it. I he's he says that's what it looked like to him. So how could he? How if he never ever saw it? How could he feel any kind of way about anything? If somebody comes back to him and says, "Oh, we think we saw a noose." Why would he go along with it without seeing it for his own eyes? Yeah, one person in one person in the chat said they had it on tape. I didn't see it. I didn't ever see it. If he says, "I see," if if somebody says, "Oh God, there's a noose in your garage," he doesn't say, "Oh my God, let me go." What? Wait, what are you talking about? Let me go look. How can he make statements about something if he never ever saw it? Well, we go, we go, we go, we go. Uh, put the bed, the bubble situation. I know that I know that most people that tuned in, tuned in, thought they was just gonna get the five bloods review. We did that in the beginning of the show, and then we talked about um, Cuban Pete's, the restaurant that's located in Montclair, New Jersey. Um, and then we Bubba Watts. It all ties in with um, <clears throat> we're dealing with race and racial issues. Um, the climate is real high right now. And just, you know, cancel culture, when you want to bring something to the culture to cancel it, please, as Keisha would always say, bring me the receipts. I need receipts. 
because the receipts are going to be the equalizer. You don't have to say nothing. Just show them the receipts, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Keisha, do you have anything else you want to talk about or add? Bring receipts, not manipulated receipts. I can see some manipulated receipts. <laughs> Bring receipts. That's that's what you got to add, Keisha. Yeah, just to make sure they ain't manipulated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shakita, you have anything else to add? Um, I guess no, you know, no. I said enough. <laughs> I said enough. I really I said I've said enough. So if I try to get the brother from Cuban Pete's on the show, you ain't gonna come on? Nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to him. I don't so. think you should have him on here. I don't think you should have him on here. Because you can go right to his page and look at them lives that he's posted. He don't need to come on here. I think it's what he wants. And I'm not, and I just, I don't, I don't, the whole situation makes me uncomfortable. And I'm there's nothing worse than asking somebody what happened and they, I, they can't tell you. Or they're like, oh, I don't, I don't. Reach out to the preacher or the Q guy and, and interview him. No, Keisha, Keisha. Keisha, yeah. um, Keisha, Keisha brought up a name during the show. Keisha brought up a name, um, named Tawana Brawley. Mm -mm. Most oh, of us okay. was kids when the Tawana Brawley scandal happened. Um, if you don't know, just Google her. But Tawana mm -hmm. Brawley actually did, um, it kind of like almost deaded Al Sharpton's career. Oh, yeah, um, it did for a while, you know. And Al Sharpton really was advocating at the time for people that was being harmed. Mm -hmm. Whether it was black or white, whether people don't realize it, Al Sharpton was advocating for people in general. Mm -hmm. And the uh, Tawana Brawley scandal kind of like destroyed him. Yeah, for, for he, a minute. He was so. branded a liar. He was branded a fraud. Like that had, that started the whole Al Sharpton is a fraud. Don't trust Al Sharpton. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that she lied, it was that he manipulated her truths and manipulated. Stories so that he yes, yes, popular. That's what that was. So who knows if she really lied or did he try to manipulate the things that she was saying so that he came for exposure and popularity, and it it affected her in a bad way. Or who knows if she was the liar and he was the one who was suckered because of course here you are black saying that this happened to me, this injustice happened to me, and he rallied right behind you to help you. Because to be perfectly honest, I, I can't recall him rallying behind anybody who's a liar other than that. You know, anybody he's ever come behind or rallied behind, it's always, you know, for justice. Yeah. yeah. So... I don't know. I, I tell people they need you. It's a good watch to go on. It's on Netflix and it's called um, Media Media something. I can't remember what it is, but it takes you through like I want to say five to eight um, media pheno uh, phenomenons. And one of them was um, uh, Abner um, Diallo. No, not the one, the one who was shot in the hallway. Because their names are similar. It's Abner, um, 
Abner Diallo. Luima. Abner's not Luima. No, no, it was Diallo. It was Diallo. Diallo was the one they said okay. he pulled out his wallet and he thought it was yeah. a gun. That one, not the other one that was. So many silent. black men get killed that we don't even we forget about them. But, well, the two names are so similar. I, I confuse them a lot. I have to say them both out loud. I'm going to do Diallo. Yes, Diallo. Yeah. He, when you, you, they have a whole hour and I think and a half segment on how Al Sharpton handled that. And the respect I have for Al Sharpton behind that, you know, because he used so much of his own money to make sure and try to help and do as much as he could. So, you know, it, it really just shows the media, the way the media lies. It goes into um, uh, Sally Jeff Jeffrey Raphael, the lady who had the mm -hmm. gay man, his best the red friend, glasses. and had that guy come on it and, and say to him, you know, I have a crush on you. And then he went home and a few days later had murdered and killed him. And how that mm -hmm. Raphael show was on trial for basically saying that he exploited him. But I'm saying all of this to say it's a good, it's like maybe five or eight episodes and they go into the media and how the media will um, lie or how they make up things or how they manipulate trials for the worst sometimes. Or they'll manipulate guests or people to get ratings or whatever the case may be. So I'm saying all of that to say, you know, here we are in this, in the age of uh, social media. And it's literally almost the same exact thing. You know, but now we have to be judge and jury because nobody is investigating anything. The news, you know, depending on what news, what news channel you're watching and who the, the reporter is, they might do their own investigation. And, you know, you can kind of, you're watching and hoping they're being honest. But in social media, you have to do your own investigation. You have to make sure that the person that you're repping for or the person that you're dogging, it's a legitimate. And if you don't have enough evidence to to, to support or not support, you're, you're very, you're, it's okay to be neutral and not get involved. It's no, as Shakita said, it is no investigative journalist anymore. We're the guys that put the work in behind the scenes and work on a story for six months, travel from country to country, chase down leads, sleep in sleazy hotels, pull up on people. <laughs> but um, with that, um, we're going to close the show for the night. And, uh, I appreciate everybody for joining us on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Periscope. And the brother on Periscope said it right. Ed Bradley is dead. Where is Ed Bradley right about now, right? Um, oh, that, yeah. I remember him. With that, everybody have a blessed night. Stay safe. And thanks for joining the show. Good night. Good night.